Well, welcome to the Memoirs of Abiding podcast. I'm Chris Bryant. We wanted to start something a little different and counter to what many have been taught or learned through experience. Our topics will be practical and theological, focusing on what the early church thought. What we are going to talk about isn't some new idea, but rather an old idea gaining traction again. Our tell is sharing our experiences and looking at the Bible and this material. Our ask is that you will take it into your own devotion time and ask the Lord how to best apply it. We will talk about this material each week, and we have blogs addressing practical applications at www.memoirsofabiding.com. We hope you experience God through talking about His Word with us. Well, welcome back to our December of 2022, where we are jumping back into our Memoirs of Abiding podcast with a new style of, or a new structure, I should say, and we're going to go with a what if. So this month, we're going to go through what ifs, and and on our Memoirs of Abiding Instagram, if you want to check that out, we are featuring one question each day, which is in the format of what if, and then we fill out um, some sort of a focus point in God's word and God's character or on on this beautiful thing that he's done in our life. So uh, I've got Ricky on here to change up the tone on this one. Ricky, are you excited? I am, absolutely. I was kind of, I enjoyed, uh, or I have been enjoying your your post and some of the comments that a few people have made. It's been been good. Yeah, I've I've actually, um, I'm going to take from one of those posts today, to guide our our talk and uh it's one that's near and dear to many people's hearts especially in this age because of the prevalence of christian music and the focus on it so today our what if comes from day two of the what if and it is what if we were as excited to hear god's word as we were a worship concert so your first thoughts with I know one of the one of the people commented on disliking the idea of a worship concert, but they're all over the place. So just with that first phrase, what comes out in your mind, Ricky? Well, the whole <laughs> I like that particular comment that 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 you just referred to, and I, I kind of agree that, um worship concert the the phrase itself kind of i don't know what the i'm not sure exactly what words to use but it kind of kind of set me on edge a little bit uh, not not that it's an an inappropriate thing for you to ask that particular question but just the the idea of a worship concert um what exactly do contemporary christians mean when they say, you know, I'm going to a worship concert. So I, I think that that in and of itself uh, deserves some exploration. That's my first thought. Yeah. I, you know, when I think of this one, uh, the first thought I think of is like Michael W. Smith is coming to town. He's going to put on our concert. Let's go worship at the concert. So it's almost like taking a secular secular term concert and putting it with a Christian term, worship, mating the two together, and making it this big, extravagant event. Right, and I'm not suggesting that that, that's wrong. I I, I love to go to a... a, a, I've never been to a live Michael W. Smith concert. I would would have loved to, especially back in the heyday of what I thought was the heyday of contemporary Christian music, I would have loved to have gone to see... Uh, him live in concert uh just i so i think it actually it brings up uh, uh, something that has troubled me for a long time now that worship in most people's minds it seems to me in, that it's most people means singing and music and in a, it includes singing and music no doubt but is that the full scope? Is that is that really the when you're talking about worship? Is why have we 
so oftentimes have Christians um, kept that exclusively for singing and, and music. And I think that's what you're trying to get at. What if we were as excited to hear God's word as we were a worship concert? Because worship's yeah. a lot more than that. Yeah, and that's that is kind of the point of this particular post yeah. is and, and I think most of the what ifs coming out are to get us maybe to pique our interest in what God says, but maybe changing the paradigm of the Christian walk. So instead of seeing it through the way we've seen it for a long time, even in the terms we've used for a long time, what if we shifted our thinking and looked at how it was read in the Bible? When the Acts 2 and the Acts 3, Acts 4, 5, 6, when that church was thriving and thousands were added to their number daily, what were they doing in worship? I'm sure they were singing as well, but I think the term worship was not reserved for just singing. I think it was reserved for a lot of what Paul was talking about, you know, and, and just scripture that comes to mind is Romans 12, 1. Well, what is our spiritual act of worship? So, I mean, Paul is very specific on that word. He comes out with the word worship. So what does he say in, in Romans 12, 1? Well, he says that Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Well, that's that's pretty specific uh, in the sense that worship includes me offering myself as a living sacrifice. So not just going and, and dying, but each day I live in service to the Lord in dependence in comma or in space dependence to the Lord. So we see Paul talking about what worship truly is. And I think, you know, one of my points with this what if series is what would America look like today? What would your city look like today? What would your state look like today? What would North America or Europe, Asia, Australia, Africa, right? heck, even the Southern continent, Antarctica. What would those look like today if we as Christians embodied the biblical definition of all of these what ifs? And that's kind of like, like the whole underlying purpose behind this. So if we were as a people excited to hear God's word that we even talked about it. I know when I when I did that, Michael W. Smith, he came to concert here in uh uh, was it 2018? I think it was. It was a great concert. I loved it. I had a blast. Sat next to uh, a gentleman that I worked with. Got to meet his wife, and I just I had a blast. It was great music. Some of the the moments I could just focus and and I could um, pray during it and I can worship uh, through song. But you know, a lot of people like, oh, Michael W. Smith is coming to town. Oh, I'm so excited. I love this song. I love this song. And then they would they would start like pre-gaming it. I, Ricky, have you ever like, have you gone to many concerts? Yeah. Well, yeah. So do you pre-game? Do you like either get a CD ahead of time or you start listening to it on like Amazon or something? You're like, man, I got to get all these songs in my head. So when I go, I'm prepared. I, I did. I, I did a long time ago, but especially... Uh... Uh, in my youth for Christ days and all of that, I and I did a lot of concerts, and so eventually I was just so I was like pre-gamed already, almost. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I was I was always listening to the the most popular people because in in my particular case, we did events where we'd invite bands, but you know. So, but anyway, it. I think you're spot on. I I agree with you. You know. The, the Romans 12, one passage is, is in reference to give yourself, give your whole body, give your whole life as a living sacrifice. And it pop, it, that pops up in all kinds of contexts in the conversation that Paul had with the church in Corinth. 
about weaker and stronger brothers. You know, the whole idea that if you if you're a believer and you don't have any problem going back to the temple to buy some meat, right? Uh, go ahead and buy it, you know, because it's not causing you to stumble into sin, you know, not going back to the 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 false god temple. But maybe there's another brother or sister, maybe a recent convert or somebody, they're still struggling with all of that. If they go to the temple and purchase something, they might then get sucked back into that kind of business. So be careful as the stronger brother, right? That you don't cause the weaker brother or sister to stumble. And, and in summarizing that, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for God's glory. And so your question right right off, you know, right from Jump Street is, is so spot on because worship is includes singing, right? Doesn't always include singing. But it always, <laughs> it always gives God glory. You know, the very meaning of the word worship in English is worthship, giving attributing worth to the to the object of your of your worship the the spotlight you know giving the limelight and what we do when we worship is we we glorify god we we give him the praise and the glory and and the two passages that we've thought of in this last first 10 minutes or so indicate that's about your whole life whatever you do your you know whether it's giving god glory that that phraseology, or give your life as a living sacrifice. This is your your spiritual worship. So the question that you put on Instagram and Facebook, what if we were as excited to hear God's word as we were a worship concert? Now you have put something, two things together, worship concert and hearing God's word, because certainly if all of life should be an act of worship, then hearing God's word <laughs> would be clearly a part of that, right? So with our whole life, giving God glory, whenever we hear the word of God, you know, would be transformational, which is one of the key terms that you often use on our behalf. Because why? When we worship God, we are pulled up. He's drawing us up. He's he's bringing us closer to himself. I get, I so I, I like that. I, I like the question, and I can think of all kinds of passages. You know, John in Revelation one, when when he saw the Lord, you know, on the island of Patmos, fell at his feet and worshipped. Um, and clear back in the book of Genesis, when Abraham was told to take his son up on the mountain. And he goes up and he says to the servant, you know, you, just, you wait over here. My son and I are going to go over and worship. Well, what is, they're building an altar and they're going to uh, have make a sacrifice. And that's an interesting story all by itself. But Abraham says, my son and I are going to go over here and we're going to worship. Well, I don't think there's any band up there, <laughs> but they may very well when they, I don't know, maybe they would have, they would sing together, you know. And that might have been part of it, but there wasn't the only part of it. There was all kinds of other stuff going on there. Part of it was a sacrifice. And uh, it's not something that the, that God expects of anybody these days in the, in the literal, you know, sacrificing of a cow or something like that. But it's interesting that the verse you read from Romans chapter 12 indicates that our whole life is sacrificed. We give our whole life to the Lord. So, I I love the question because it, your commentary at the beginning about it, what would the world look like if the body of Christ really knew what it looked like to be dependent on Jesus and abide in him all the time? And the, the motif of abiding that we talk about so often was the very way that Jesus himself described this whole process of giving God glory all the time, of worshiping God all the time. It's not about me. It's about God. Jesus even said that it's not about me. It's about my father. So it, I, uh, like I long for that. I, I pray for that. I, I want that in my life and I want it for other people. It's the solution to everything, isn't it? Do you think, 
Abraham pregame before he went up on that mountain? <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, hey, you know, for those who don't know the story, God asked Abraham to take his son, the son of promise, the this the, the son that God would would be given to Abraham and his wife, and would become, and through through the promised son, you know. The whole world would be blessed. An entire nation would be created. And then God said, take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him. <laughs> and and he did. He 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 obeyed. He he worshipped God. He he gave God glory. He he said, come on, son, let's go to the mountain to worship. And in the and in the narrative, uh, his son Isaac says, I don't I don't see any. What are we going to worship? What are we going to sacrifice, Father? Because he didn't bring a lamb or whatever. Well, Abraham knew that God would provide, right? So uh, he trusted God. He obeyed God. He got. He gave God glory. He was given testimony. Uh, so he's doing evangelism. Uh, any, anybody who knew about it, uh, even his son, uh, all of that, he demonstrated that his whole life was committed to honoring God in heaven. So uh, pre-gamed it, you know, got ready for it. I think so, because it's pretty big ass that God made of him. Yeah. yeah. So then, you know, keeping with this, this light bit of conversation, this idea of pre-gaming, you know, listening to the, the songs, the CDs, what do you think it would look like? And you've led many Bible studies through your years. Let's say we're starting a Bible study this weekend. I mean, what does the pregame look like for that? You know, if if I'm excited to hear a, a worship concert, you know, air quotes, if I'm excited to go to a, a Lauren Daigle concert, or, you know, any of these modern Christian contemporary music singers, and I start listening to their music to get up to date. And it doesn't even have to be that. Like I might listen to Trans-Siberian Orchestra, especially in Christmas time, if I'm going to go to a Trans-Siberian Orchestra Christmas presentation, right? But if I'm excited, like I'm talking about it, coming up to it, like I'm showing people my tickets. Hey, are you going? I'm going. Uh, yeah. and, and we get that excitement in our life. So let's translate that over to a Bible study. And I don't mean like a book Bible study, like we're going to Beth Moore or we're going to Max Lucado or anything like that. But like, hey, we are going to study Romans 8 this weekend. And and Monday morning, I'm waking up and like maybe I post like a, a tidbit from Romans 8 or maybe like Romans 7 too. And, mm -hmm. and maybe Tuesday, I'm telling everybody, oh, dude, I'm excited. Check this out. Saturday night. We've got a Bible study. We're hitting Romans 8. I love it. I haven't touched Romans 8 in weeks. So this one, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I already read Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Tonight, 6 and 7. You want to join me? It's going to be really fun. You know, like, what if that excitement came just from reading God's word? You know? That's a great what if because it's what I hope everybody should long for when the body of Christ gathers, when, whether it's two people or 2000 people, the word of God should be central. The voice of God should be central. Not the preacher, not the teacher, not the preaching or teaching style. I, I think we have good indicator from the word of God itself that a teacher preacher should not bore people. But there's all kinds of levels of excellence when it comes to the ability to teach or preach, right? But if we were as excited about the Word of God as we seem to get with reference to a quote-unquote worship concert, what would that do in terms of I have my favorite preacher. Uh, oh, I tried that home Bible study group for a few weeks. God, that guy was really kind of boring. Uh, what would it do to my own personal time in the word of God? 
So your question is spot on. Your question is spot on. And if I had if I had a plan, an, uh, an action step all the time with reference to the Word of God, like you know, Sunday morning going to church. What if instead of going expecting the worship team to create a great emotional experience for me, I went in search of God moments. I went anticipating hearing God speak to me. And what if I understood that as, as well as we've been trying to explain that hearing from God is all about hearing his word? being in his word, understanding his word, reflecting on his word, the previously given spoken word of God now put in print the written word of God on our behalf. Well, everything would be, there'd be transformation everywhere. If all believers were hearing the intention of your question and then beginning to practice it, it would make a big difference, make a big difference because yeah, I think you're right. the, the, the phrase you're using pre-gaming and getting ready for church would be a different, uh, would be an entirely different experience, wouldn't it? Sure. Getting ready for Bible study would be an entirely different experience. Uh, if I'm prone to having morning and evening devotions, preparing for my devotion time would be an entirely different experience. But Romans 1... Uh, 12 1 give yourself give your body give your life as a living sacrifice now that becomes an entirely different experience because then all day long we're seeking to abide and hear the word of god spoken back to us via illumination our memory things like that praise god i, I love the question so what would you when we look at, and I hear this in some of our discipleships, even some conversation with other brothers and sisters in Christ, that reading God's word is almost feels burdensome. Like they just like, oh, like they'll do it because they know they they should, but mm -hmm. there's no excitement towards it. But on the other hand, when they get into the car, they can crank up the fish or Caleb or any of the Christian radio stations and they can blast those and they can sing and, you know, they can feel great with it. What would you say to the, the brother or sister in Christ, old or young, who is in that situation in life? How do they, how do they get to that point with enjoying God's word as much as cranking up, you know, the, the music station? Well, when you were referring to that and you said, when you get in the car and turn up the music, uh, you use the word emotion. And the, emotion is an important word. We shouldn't go to the word of God for the sake of an emotional experience. But when we anticipate hearing God via his word, and we recognize that he will demonstrate his presence to us in exactly the fashion Jesus said he would in John chapter 14. The spirit would come, Jesus said. Jesus said he himself would come and he would declare himself to us. He said he and his father would come and take up residence with us. He would abide with us, in us. And, and then the Holy Spirit, having been sent by the father, would remind us of all these truths. Well, that's the way Jesus described it would look when we recognized his presence in our life, the presence of the Trinity. So we don't do that for the sake of, of a warm fuzzy, but trust me, when that becomes a habitual, then the joy of the Lord really becomes explosive in our lives. And that's exactly what Jesus promised. John, John 14, John 15, verse 11, he says, when you do all this, when you abide with me in my word and my love and my work, my joy will be made complete in you. So the, the, the framework of, of worship, the way we see it today, the reason worship concerts are so popular 
is because of how they make us feel. Now, uh, contrast that. How do, how does the word of God make us feel? And most believers would have commentary on, on one of the, the commentary threads on one of your posts. Somebody wrote specifically that how, you know, they could singing, <laughs> they could do that all day long because of how they feel, but the word of God is work for them. Or I don't remember exactly how they said it, but it was like, it's difficult. They don't get that same kind of emotional pizzazz. Well, it's because we don't really, so many people don't understand that it's the word of God that God uses to demonstrate his presence to us. And when that happens, it's highly emotionally satisfying. Again, not that we're looking for the emotional satisfaction, but the emotional satisfaction of recognizing the presence of God in our life is, is a normative pattern that God wants us to experience all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, I guess you call it normal normative pattern. If, if we're in that, then when I am in God's word and I experience that, like last month we talked about illumination, when I experience that scripture coming back into my head in key moments, moments that I need encouragement, that I need wisdom, that I need conviction, when those come up, and I realized that the author of my faith was just communicating with me or that the creator of the universe, I say, stepped out, stepped into time just to communicate to me. That brings an emotional response from me. It yeah. truly is. It, it's a yeah. wonderful moment. Ricky, yeah. when, before we started this discipleship, when when I went through it with you. You told me, I think this was like June, maybe, or July of 2019, if I'm not mistaken. You told me, hey, just go read Psalm 119. This is what you told me. Just go read it. You didn't put any terms on it. You didn't put any, like, read it for this or that. You just said, go read Psalm 119. And I think we're going to start our discipleship in November of of 19. So uh, I said, okay, sure. You know, I, I could really use it right now. Reading God's word, I will do it. But for me, I was 100%. It was a chore. I had, like, I would read a couple of verses and then I, my eyes would get really heavy and I, I would be passing out. Oh, I'd wake up like two hours later, like, well, obviously I needed a nap. So I'd pick up God's word right where I left off, which was one verse later. And then I would start nodding off again. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Well, I will tell you, I only solamente focused on Psalm 119 from, I think it was July until we started the discipleship in November. So that's what, four months that all I did was I read Psalm 119 and I read it a few times. And then I started seeing like this, this nature in it, right? It's, it's quite long 100 was 176 verses uh so it does, it's not one that we just sit down and we'll get through it and slog it out with with the bible but as i as i read it more i started to see like this common theme the psalmist absolutely adored and treasured god's word his scripture his statutes his decrees his laws and i thought wow god if only i could have that so I kept reading and I said, oh, if only I could have that. And then my heart changed and that was my prayer. God, if only you would answer this prayer, give me the heart that this psalmist had. Yeah. And that was my prayer for like three months. Yeah. And then we started the discipleship. It's very scripture. Uh, I don't want to say intensive, focused. The focal point is scripture. But I started enjoying reading it. And then when I started seeing the effects of scripture coming up in my mind and realizing that that was God communicating with me, oh my gosh, 
I just jump into it. Now I'll, I'll open up God's word and I'm like, okay, let's do this. Let's see where we go on this one. Like it's like a magic school bus episode or something like that. And it it really <laughs> is. It's a wonderful moment that I, I can pregame it. I can look and say, okay, before I do this, this chapter, I know I'm going to read about, you know, the Nicolaitans. So uh, who are the Nicolaitans? So I, I pregame a little bit, figure out who they are, you know, whatever it is. I go through and I, I figure out and then I jump into it. And it's, it is, it's exciting. Someone even said uh, to, in response to this question, we'd be in the streets, literally spreading the good news. Amen. I can't put that any better. I think that would be it. We'd see thousands added to the Lord's kingdom daily, I think is what we'd see. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. And I don't know, uh, can you pull up your, uh, some of those um, comments that some people made on, on some of your posts, because I think I remember one of them sounded exactly, almost exactly how you said a, a person wrote something to the effect of, I love to sing. I, I, it's really hard to read the word of God. And, and Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. It might be a chore to find it. Can you? If you yeah, yeah. So it, it was. This one is hard for me. Reading the word is a chore for me right now. But I could listen to worship music all day long. Yeah. See, I think that's normative for how so many Christians are living their lives. But the biblical norm, the normative pattern in the Bible. <laughs> what might be considered a radical idea today, um, which is a sad thing and all all and another story, you know, that the biblical norm seems to be so radical these days. When when I know the presence of God, it, it's it's normative that I would have an emotional response. We see that in the Bible, right? But now how does God tell us with reference to the incarnation and then the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension? When the second member of the Trinity returns to heaven, when, when the incarnated Jesus Christ goes back to the Father, What's the normative practice in what, that God has for us to discern his presence? It involves the word of God. You know, so so John 14, I think is it verse 26? You have 25 and 26. I've spoken these things to you while I still abide with you. And in that case, he meant while he was there physically. Verse 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Father, will send him in my name, will teach you th all things and remind you of everything I've told you. And as you refer to Psalm 119, all throughout Psalm 119, the psalmist is telling us, it's not just the inspired word of God that he's receiving in that time frame in which he received new revelation from God, which was Psalm 119. But the content of that included illumination over and over and over again. And he kept referring to illumination. I delight in your word. I read your word. I, I, I treasure it. I pour it into me. I, I lay it up. Uh, and, it, and it gave him great satisfaction. So when we do that and God in real time reminds us of his presence, by filling our mind, our heart, our soul with what we've stored up via the word of God, then we have aha moments. Oh my goodness, Lord, you're speaking back to me, the word of God, just as you did people of old. And you have been doing throughout, <laughs> throughout creation. That is, this is his primary method, not the unusual methods that he oftentimes that he sometimes used excuse me with dreams and visions and 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 
the inspiration that the prophets and the apostles received, but the way in which he spoke to us via the previously given word of God as a reminder, as Jesus said in John chapter 14, he would remind us of all these truths. So it becomes normative to have an emotional relationship with God. That's what God wants from us. We don't have to feel barren or distant from God. And that's that's the whole thing that we talk about in this whole process of abiding. You could almost draw it in a circle. As I pour in the word of God, then the circle like going clockwise, as I store it up in my life, then at some point in time in which I'm not literally reading the Bible, the word of God comes to my mind. That's illumination. And I, and if I understand that, I go, ooh. And then the next step in that circle, uh, maybe down at six o'clock, where, where that, then I go, oh, thank you, Father, for reminding me of that. Thank you for including that in my conversation with you. Thank you. So now what am I doing? I'm communicating. I'm praying. I'm giving praise. I'm I'm excited that I that God just shared with me a, a passage from uh, someplace that I had been reading a week or two ago, uh, or whatever it might happen to be. And in that process of giving praise and thanksgiving, I might even say, "And Lord, that that truth that you just shared with me that applies to what I've been dealing with at work or in my family or my uh, my own struggles." And 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 so now we're praying and. And asking things of God. So help me with that more. And, and and Lord, I'd really like to share that with my spouse or my child or my coworker or my, my teammate or whoever it might happen to be. So now we're giving praise and thanksgiving. And, and we're now talking to him just as he talked to us a few minutes ago via illumination. Now the circle continues around. We're, now we're at, at, at nine o'clock and we have some time and we, we go to the word of God again. And we pour more of the word of God into our life. Like, like you talked about in Psalm 119. And now it just continues around. And at noon, we're back to, uh, re, uh, back to receiving that reminder again, the work of illumination. And we're constantly, constantly being reminded that God is with us in this abiding relationship. And it's dynamic. It's not static. It's a true, vital relationship in which communication takes place. And then we start to get rid of all of the incorrect things that that true worship, a, a heightened emotional experience that's generated via a great set of music, while a wonderful thing all by itself is not the only way and perhaps might not even be a way <laughs> because just because we have an emotional experience at a at a at a musical event doesn't mean we're worshiping. We might be, but if somebody has tricked him or herself into thinking, oh, I feel so emotional right now. This must be worship. I really met with God. Um, that same feeling takes place in all kinds of settings where God's not involved. People get emotionally excited about their home football team winning the championship or even winning a game. Just go to a ball game on any given Sunday or Saturday or, uh, and you'll see people worshiping, you know, uh, go to a casino. And when you hear a whoop, whoop, <laughs> somebody's worshiping because they just hit the, the jackpot. Worship happens all the time, but, but what are we worshiping? So putting it back in the realm of your question, you know, what if we got as excited about God's word? Well, it's a great question because that's exactly what we ought to be doing, right? Uh, it's just too bad that the biblical norm is considered above and beyond. It should be the thing that we normally experience. You know what yeah. I'm always worried about? You know what I'm always worried about, Chris? And maybe you could maybe you could respond with it to this. As uh, desperate as you and I are, or I, I, I that I think we are to get this point across. I, I just feel so inadequate that I just end up stumbling over words and sentences. You know what I mean? seems like that's, yeah. it seems like that, you know, just an unworthy vessel to try to explain anything about this. And well, because luckily so we've teamed up with the Holy spirit on that one. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That we're dependent, we're dependent, and people should be dependent, and they should go to the word itself. Uh, but it's such an important thing that I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. The last thing that was brought up, and multiple people brought this up, and I love this, is what if we sing God's word? And that brought me back, and I'll share this real quick. When I was in the Navy, I was in the second school of our three-school pipeline, and I was volunteering for our base chapel's Awana, which is the approved workers are not afraid. It's a kids program from all the way down. I think they're kindergarten. It might even be before kindergarten, but it goes all the way through junior high. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's a high school but I think it goes at least through junior high. We had a junior high. There's two girls in it. And uh, this gentleman and I were leading these, these ladies through scripture and everything. But one of the things that he taught, he came from like, I, I think probably like a Southern Baptist background, but he taught how to sing with some soul, Psalm 23. And to this day, I can sing. I'm not going to bless our. Our listeners oh, come on, with, man. With a, no, it ain't going to happen. Uh, maybe if I had like a Tennessee Ernie Ford voice, I would totally work it. But um, but his his voice was so deep when he sang it. But I to this day, I can I can recite Psalm 23, but I can do it with joy singing that song. And uh, Nicole C. Mullen did the same thing with part of Psalm 27. More of like a chant of it, but she put it with some music in the background. And I love that idea. And if if we can find a way to get back to a pure scripture based, not like I took this one verse of scripture and then I wrote a whole song around my experience with it. Those are great. That's a, a testimony in itself. But what if we're singing God's word, almost like the hymns or almost the, just singing the Psalms and spiritual songs like that? I think that's that's wonderful. Um, especially, you know, when, when a lot of people, they don't get God's word and all they get is pieces of God's word placed throughout a song. And they're using that to fight battles. They're using that to try to stay strong in their walk in Christ. What that's just simply insufficient. It will never bring us through. Will we survive? Well, God's faithful. He, he will definitely um, bring deliverance, whether it's Paul's version of deliverance, which is, well, I'm either going to be taken out of this world or I'm going to be rescued through this, this plot that's against me. Uh, either way, I'm delivered, right? But God is faithful. And so even if I'm only just singing songs and saying like, Lord, it, it's essentially a prayer, right? As most of the, the songs are, are at least hopefully around that. It's like a prayer. So that's great. But but the power comes through God's word. We had a discipleship this morning and we were going over Matthew three uh, through Matthew four and specifically focusing on the baptism into the three trials. And it, Jesus didn't break out in song there. It, it didn't say that he started singing the Psalms. He specifically responded with scripture. And he stood up to the temptations of Satan, stood strong against them. There was no wavering. There was no like, uh, uh, well, I think God's word says this. It's straight from God's word. So if you're relying on spiritual songs to help you get through the difficult times, you're going to miss out on, and there's no condemnation in this, but I, I mean this based on the themes of the word of God you will miss out on such rich blessing that could be present in it. Whereas you may survive on the songs, but you'll miss out on the wonderful bit that's even beyond that, that comes through God's word. So my exhortation to everyone is, you know, looking at God's word, ask God to partner with you and to, to help start molding your heart towards seeing scripture in a different light that it's not a burden but that he's just sitting there and you get to have a conversation with god 
And you can, you can converse, you can have intercourse with him through his word. You can say, okay, God, I see what you said here. Here's what I'm thinking about this. This is what I think, Lord. And I pray the word of God. I, I read it and I pray it. And that's the conversation. That's the one and then him and then one and him or the two, two person communication. So uh, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And I hope that we can, as a people, look at God's word differently through this. But again, there's no condemnation. There's no shaming on this one. We're not telling you if you if you don't get as excited for God's word as you do a worship concert, you can't be a Christian. That's not what we're saying. But what we're saying is let's change our perspective and let's ask God to fill in that that gap of, of where we want to be versus where we are. Amen. Hey, you mind if I just drop into Psalm 119 real quick? Sure. Uh, Psalm 119, uh, beginning of verse 33. Teach me, Lord, the meaning of your statutes. Statutes is another term used for the word of God. Teach me the meaning of your statutes, and I will always keep them. Help me understand your instruction, yet another word for the word of God. And I will obey it and follow it with all my heart. Help me stay on the path of your commands, and I'll take pleasure in it. Turn my heart to your decrees and not to material gain. Turn my eyes from looking at what is worthless and give my life in your ways. Give me life in all your ways. Confirm what you said to your servant, for it produces reverence for you. Turn away the disgrace I dread indeed. Your judgments are good. How I long for your precepts. Give me life through your righteousness. You know, all those different words that he used for scripture, for the word of God, statutes, instructions, commands, decrees, judgments, precepts. And then all throughout that, as the psalmist is, is saying, these are the things that I need. And, and in that, he said, I will take pleasure. I will have reverence. <clears throat> His life would be transformed. His normative pattern that he's talking about is what you and I have been chatting about this morning. Is a real, true, motivational, satisfactory life with God. And in all good relationships, emotions play a part. And so when people talk about a worship concert, because it is a, an emotionally charged experience, <laughs> knowing God should be an emotionally charged experience. And God's offering us through the path of abiding through his word to walk with him emotionally and motivationally 24-7. Uh, I think the questions that you've been doing on on uh, the your, that you've been posting on Facebook and Instagram, uh, I, I hope people will really turn to them and reflect on them and check out some of the commentary because I think the people who are, are are getting some good interaction. And thank you, Chris, for what you're doing here. It's uh it's beneficial for all of us, and it gives honor to glory and glory to God. It is your spiritual act of worship, quoting Romans 12, 1. It, it, what you've done here is worship. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's end in some prayer. Lord Jesus, yeah. we, uh, we thank you for this wonderful pairing that you gave us, that you are with us, that we're with you, that you're with the Father and the Father's in you. Lord, that you've invited us into this relationship instead of just saving us and setting apart this kingdom that we can one day live in. You decided to come down and to make your abode in us, to make your home in us. And wow, Lord, that is... That's amazing. And then even beyond that, you've you've given us your words as if you were sitting right next to us, Lord. You've given us 
your scripture and neither adding to it nor subtracting from it is beneficial to us. You've given us all the words necessary for us to thrive in this world. And uh, and God, I just pray that we can see your, your word as such, that if we were sitting with a best friend or a girlfriend, boyfriend, a spouse, a parent, and we never talked to them, then our relationship would be impacted negatively. But by sitting down and, and listening to their day or listening to their trials, we find that we connect with them. Lord, and I pray for that same thing in us, that as we sit with your word and as we pray your word, we will find that our relationship with you goes deeper, that our faith is stronger, and that even when the most difficult trials come up, we stand firm, knowing that you are our rock, you are our salvation, you are our fortress in time of need, and that we can always rest in your tabernacle. And and we love you for that, Lord. And I pray for each of our listeners that these words or this question will resonate in their hearts. And then, Lord, I pray that you'll bring this up in those who uh, you want to hear it in their own devotion times, in their conversations with each other, that this question will drive them towards your word and will drive them towards you ultimately, Lord. So utilize um, your servants here to uh, to speak what you want. And uh, I pray your Holy Spirit will move in the way that you decide in the hearts of those listeners. We love you and we thank you for all you continue to do. And we pray that this word can be spread in new, new states and new countries. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we want to end with an important scripture that reminds us to abide in him. John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. As you walk through this week, we encourage you to review the scriptures and themes we talk about and ask the Holy Spirit to team up with you to bring this information to life personally in your walk. Thank you for listening, and God bless.